We talking about sports. Get ball. What it do, baby? Yeah. What it do, you number one podcast listeners? You know, I really don't like coming to you like this, but as I've always said, my pain is your number one podcast listening pleasure. You have tuned in to the very first iteration of a emergency podcast for Prem Brulee. I am joined by my big bro, Vish, and I'm sure you can guess why, but uh, this is an emergency reaction podca- uh, Prem Brulee podcast after Ohio State just lost their third Michigan <gasps> game in a row. Three straight losses for the Ohio State Buckeyes and head coach Ryan Day. Uh, so, Vish, you brought this idea to me and i thought it was a great idea because uh we're here for you number one podcast listeners so yeah thanks for this vish and welcome thanks i wish we could do an emergency podcast in a different way but i guess we just don't get to live these lives anymore <sighs> you smiling yes yes sir yes sir why are you smiling because i love football football's fun fun sir fun sir it's fun yes you sure i think now you're thinking. First you smile, then you think. You think football is still fun? Uh, yes. Sir? Yes, no. No? Sir, sir, uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is uh, it? No, not by now. No, not it's now. not fun anymore. No. Not even a little bit. Uh, no. Make up your mind. No, no. Think, since you're thinking. Now go on, think. No, is no. it fun? No, sir. No. No, sir. Absolutely not? Zero funds. Yeah. So, you number one podcast listeners, you have tuned in to the first ever emergency reaction edition of the prem brulee podcast i'm your host Premo bot i'm joined by my big bro vish and before we get started quick word from our sponsor this episode of the prem brulee podcast is, is sponsored by sleep battle a content creator photographer and artist based in asbury park new jersey from cinematic stills unique and classic wedding and elopement photos even product or commercial photography like you see for the prem brulee brand Sleep Battle is a full-service studio, and stay tuned for their film, Please Laugh, coming soon. And visit their Instagram, at S-L-E-E-P-A-T-T-L-E, and give at Please Laugh Film a follow while you're at it, too. The number one artist for the number one podcast in your headphones. But without further ado, it is time for this special edition, this painful edition of the Prem Brulee Podcast. We are recording this the night after uh, Ohio State shit the bed for the third time in a row, um, head coach Ryan Day um, and the Ohio State Buckeyes lost in Ann Arbor 30-24 to uh, for the third straight year. And uh, you and I want to get some things off our chest here. Um, yeah, just a little bit, you know. Just a little <laughs> bit. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do my best to not yell into this microphone to preserve your ears. Um, I am so fucking sick and tired of this. Ryan Day is now one and three against Michigan. It is absolutely unacceptable. We spent 365 days talking about this game. Ryan Day has blown smoke up our asses saying that the whole focus is about this game. And you remove every distraction in the world alleged sign stealing all this stuff there's a fill-in head coach today and it was the same fucking result michigan out physical to ohio state ryan day somehow got out coached by someone who's coached about four games ever we lost the turnover battle looked like absolute dog shit the so-called improved defense picked a hell of a time to for the first time to give up more than 17 points all year they gave up 30 today couldn't get a stop to save their fucking lives after we pay our defense coordinator Jim Knowles out the ass to do just exactly that. They had three opportunities to force a punt, and here we are standing here, and they couldn't even prevent a score. Not one when you needed it most. The defense that we heard all year about that this year was going to be different. This team has an edge. They were. Go- it's going to be different than the last two years. And yet here we are having the same fucking conversation over and over again. And I just wonder when is going to be enough for this. This can't be the standard as an Ohio State football fan. It cannot be. 
Ryan Day has lost three in a row with three Big Ten titles at stake and almost guaranteed Big Ten titles. The Big Ten West has been weak for the last three years. Three opportunities at Big Ten titles, three guaranteed spots in the college football playoff, and Ryan Day is 0 for 3 and running, running out of excuses. I am just so fucking fed up with how this has gone every year, and this can't be acceptable from Buckeye Nation. The standard is the standard. This is Ohio State. The standard is to win this fucking game. Now, before I collect some more thoughts, I don't want to steal everything from you, V, so you get some things off your chest too. You know, everything that you said is 100% accurate. It's the same bullshit that we've heard 365 days of the year. We have the toughness. We have this whole rant that Ryan Day had that was pretty much at Buckeye fans, not really Lou Holtz, of not being tough, not being able to uh, win in the trenches. And I will say this year it seemed like our offensive line actually held up against Michigan's defensive line. But that's about it, right? Everything else was pretty much average. And you said it right at the beginning. It was Jim Knowles' defense not being able to hold their own. I think beyond that, the reason why we did this emergency podcast is when we tweet, and we're tweeting the same shit, when we are texting, we're texting the same shit. We're like, we just got to get this off of our chest. So I was like, let's just mm-hmm. – Bring Prem Brulee. It's just a Buckeye special, Buckeye unloading of our shoulders. Brian Day, again, you said one win against Michigan, one Big Ten title. Even if you don't mm-hmm. beat Michigan, which is saying a lot, when you mm-hmm. know that this is everything and anything, and this is what you're building towards. So every time that we had that November, hey, we're doing what we need to do in November to beat Michigan. You're settling for punts with an awful punter. I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like our punt... Special teams is awful all year. Atrocious. Our our punter is, I mean, like, you're like, okay, we're at the 40-yard line, we're going to punt it, and it's like a 30-yard punt. And I have no idea, and then there's penalties on top of that. You already know about settling for a 50-plus yard field goal at the end of the half, right? I mean, just horrendous clock management. I will even say the clock management in the fourth quarter. You had, what was it, a second down, let the clock lead, and then Michigan ran another play. You caught an immediate timeout. Michigan probably could have put the game away right then and there if they just had J.J. McCarthy to a pass, a do whatever, yep. uh, rollouts. They could have actually put Ohio State away so they didn't even have to come down to the last McCord interception, right? It is something where the past two years, the fourth quarter, you cannot do this time and time again. You're just ran out of the building. Michigan got the ball back with like eight minutes and some change back. Yep. Ohio State didn't get the ball back until like a minute left. One minute left, yep. And they went like 35 yards in that five-some minutes or seven minutes. It's it's just ridiculous. And I mean, like, I I don't get it. It's You can blame it on Jim Knowles. You can blame it on the defense. You can blame it on McCord. But at the end of the day, it all rests with the head coach and being able to prepare. You can't even say you're going to be aggressive. You're putting it all on the line. And then a fourth and one, the first chance you get to really do smash mouth football, you shit your pants. Then you had this amazing drive with, what, eight runs in a row. Henderson scores. And then the next Mm -hmm. offensive possession Again, shit the bet. And I'm tired of the excuses and all of that. We will get into all of the what-if scenarios and all of that. You know I love to zag, and I would love to zig sometimes, even if, Brem, you're going to be zagging. So I'm ready for it just because we need to be able to give the number one podcast listeners just a glimpse of what's in our minds. We're going to be at a loss for words because it's, you know, six hours 
and it's raw emotion. So that's that's where we're at. So I've collected some more thoughts here because uh, you number one podcast listeners a little peek behind the curtain. Uh, I'm usually really prepared for podcasts, but I wanted this to be off the cuff because uh, these are real emotions. Uh, these are real frustrations. You you discuss this a little. We've been hearing all year. Okay, when is the Ryan Day from the Georgia game going to come out? This would be a hell of a time for that to have happened. And yet, when the first situation arises that that is, that is possible, Ryan Day reverts back into his shell and starts trying to play the field position game. You, you mentioned it, that fourth and short around midfield, he decides to punt instead of going for it. Hell of trust he shows in his team. Then what happens? They try to play field position, don't succeed at it, and then give up a, the defense gives up a score. So not only did that position did that decision not cash in, it went the opposite way. And here you are having an acting head coach out aggressive you. You have absolutely nothing to lose. And we want to talk about all year, this team, this Ohio State team has shown you what they are. Yep. Right? 100%. Ohio State hasn't won because of Kyle McCord. Ryan Day knew that going in. This would be the time to empty the playbook. Everybody just assumed he was being conservative and saving it for this game. No, Ryan Day was doing what he's done every year. He proved that the sign stealing didn't mean a thing when he's just going to be himself. It literally doesn't matter what you do. Ryan Day is going to revert back to being conservative and not trusting his team and paying for it. You've watched two years in a row of him being conservative and and not working. And what does he do? Logic would tell you, oh, that hasn't worked. Let me try something else. No, he does the same thing that hasn't worked fucking two years in a row and does it again. He runs it back being conservative and getting outcoached by a acting coach. Unbelievable. You saw Michigan empty their playbook. They ran a halfback pass, everything. No mistakes made. They looked... I think one of their scoring drives, Ohio State's defense never even forced a third down down for them. 100%. That is outrageous to me. We've been blowing smoke up up Jim Knowles' ass all year about how good this defense is. And when it matters most, they shit the bed. They did the same thing the last two years. They... They totally disproved any credence that the sign stealing had any advantage. Imagine being so bad that you proved somehow that, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal that someone stole your signs. You literally performed bad enough for people to have that argument, which is out-fucking-rageous to me. Outrageous. The the other part of it is like what you're just saying is 100% true. The aggressive nature that Jim Knowles showed leading up to this game, it didn't show up at whatever reason. None. They're, the line, linebackers sucked. The linebackers, the linebackers sucked. They were awful. The cornerbacks actually held their own against the wide receivers. I will say that because having Denzel Burke back, it was a godsend to be able to say, hey, we're not gonna, you're not going to beat us over the top. And they didn't. They had a... They had a few big plays. They utilized their tight ends. That's what you need to do to beat them. But what they didn't do well was stop them on third and fourth down. If they stopped them on third down, it was fourth and short. And again, that aggressive nature, even if you started seeing Michigan start going for it on fourth down, you need to flip the switch right away and say, oh shit, they're emptying the playbook. We need to do something. We have an amazing freshman wide receiver that barely saw the field, Parnell Tate. If you put him, say what you want about Julian Fleming, say what you will about Buka. You dropped a few passes, and then you have Marvin Harrison Jr., and all of a sudden, you are making Michigan spread out instead of load the box. You can still put Henderson back there. You can have Stover go in and out. It just was very silly in terms of not being able to empty the playbook. Parnell Tate is a surefire, one of the, again, wide receiver, you you name it. And it's just stupid shit. If you wanted to empty the playbook, involve him. Michigan would not be able to game plan for this guy. That 
that amount of speed that would be on the outside or the inside, however you do it, use it. It's it's so fucking stupid. So, you know, I think as much as we want to blame the defense and Jim Knowles and not being able to take stops, the offense putting the defense in really bad positions really hurt this team. The special teams doing the same thing. Bad punt after bad punt, you know, you have penalties, you have different types of things. I mean, it is just stupid where if you played a sound game, if you were able to move the ball and at least give your defense, you know, half a minute of rest, we're not talking about this. And it's the same thing that we had the last two years, right? Why the fourth quarter came back and bit the Buckeyes was because your offense is not controlling the pace, is not controlling the line of scrimmage. And that is what's going to hurt you at the very end of the game. I just don't know how I can, how we as fans can see it. And maybe we're just too ingrained with it. I don't know. I, I, you know, ah. I want to highlight a a few things because uh, you're right. Uh, I think you and I both agree. This game is on Ryan day. We can talk about Kyle McCord all day. That first interception was truly awful. But one thing I will tell you about Kyle McCord is all year he's proven to you who he is. We're not going to win because of him. You did not put him in places to succeed. Not letting him off for the first interception. But here's my thing. Most of his interceptions this year have been forcing it to Marvin Harrison Jr. and deciding pre-snap. You did nothing to give him easy throws. How many throws did we watch J.J. McCarthy's been a starter for seems like four years now, and he gets easy throws with the replacement coach. There's nothing simple that gives McCord a chance to get in a rhythm. Not nothing. So he's running a quick slant in traffic. There's no double moves, nothing. They didn't incorporate any wrinkles, any wrinkles. You didn't see any parts of what worked against Georgia from Ryan Day all year. He didn't save it for the Notre Dame game. He didn't save it for Penn State. And he sure as hell didn't save it for the Michigan game. So I don't get what we're doing here. It hasn't worked against Michigan for two years. And he does does it and runs it back again. If you knew Kyle McCord is like this, this is the perfect game to be aggressive. The perfect fucking game to do something unexpected. He did none of that. He showed no trust in his team. And he... And he failed to succeed at any of his strategic moves. None of them. Playing field position didn't work. Trusting his defense today didn't work. Playing for a fucking 52-yard field goal to end the first half. Only for it to, of course, miss. Your field goal kicker hasn't made anything over 50 all year. And you want the first time to be in this game after you have so much time left on the clock. It's... It's dumbfounding to me. It's absolutely dumbfounding. And it can't be okay with fans. It cannot be. This can't be the standard. You know, Mike Tomlin has this saying, the standard is the standard. And the standard is to beat Michigan. It doesn't have to be every year, but losing three in a row cannot be acceptable to people. It cannot. We can't just be happy with 11-1. and And we can't just be happy with, well, careful what you wish for. It can't be that way. We're one of the top programs in America. It's not okay for Georgia, Alabama, all those big programs. It can't be okay for us. 100%. This, there's no excuse making for Ryan Day. I don't understand that notion. It's on him. He's the leader of the program. We can blame Jim Knowles. We can blame Kyle McCord, all this stuff. He talks a big game. He says all the right things. But the simple fact is the execution isn't happening for now three years in a row. He's gotten outcoached. Every year we talk about the rushing battle wins this game. They don't win the rushing battle third year in a row. The turnover battle wins this game. They don't win the turnover battle. They did nothing, nothing to overcome any of their shortcomings that they knew going into this game. And you want to blow smoke up our ass all year that this game matters. You can show me better than you can tell me because I've heard it all at this point. I don't want to hear a thing about it. There needs to be something different. It's got to be different. I don't know what exactly it is. I know we're going to talk about it a little, but there are no excuses left for him. We can't be okay with this. 
You had Lou Holtz call you out earlier in the year about your toughness. And then after this game, a Michigan player is calling out your team's toughness. And you want to talk a big fucking game about how much edge and toughness your team has only to shit the bed when it matters most. Like it or not, this game matters. Like it or not, everything builds to this. That's pressure. But guess fucking what? You get paid $9 million a year for that pressure. Yep. Nobody made you have this job. You wanted this job. And trust me, you do. But this can't be acceptable to us. I'm imploring you fans. This can't be the standard. I know we're spoiled. But the standard is the standard. And 11-1 and and losing to your rival every year is not the fucking standard. I don't care what you tell me. It's not the fucking standard. It can't be. We had three Big Ten titles at our feet the last three years, and we're 0 for 3. If you're talking about checklists for an Ohio State coach, a Big Ten title, championships, and beating your rival, Ryan Day has checked none of those. So what the fuck are we talking about here? There's nothing to discuss. None of these boxes are being checked. You can't hang anything on that. And what, we're giving him the benefit of the doubt because he had a good loss? That's great. But that's not enough. Yep. It can't be enough. 100%. <sighs> Sign stealing excuse gone, all that stuff. And you still shit the bed. You lost the same way you lost last year. Sure, you didn't give up the big run this time, and you had the ball at the end of the game to try to win it. But it's the same fucking result. They ran it down your throat and killed nearly what seemed like the whole second half. It didn't feel like we got a single stop. And there are three chances our defense had to make a stop, and they made none of them. They they didn't it seemed like they didn't force a single punt. Like it's crazy that I can't like recall a certain one. Yeah. Unreal. It's pretty rough. And like you said, the standard is a standard. It's because we have a top recruiting class. We have a top talent. Michigan is a great team this year. They had all the things aligned, all of that. But we, there is no rebuilding for the Buckeyes. It is a reloading. Like we just, you know, I spent some time on Carnell Tate, who barely, I don't even know if he saw a snap today. Uh, I don't remember him on the field. And so you're talking about what this is. We've talked about wide receiver U. We've talked about on the field. You are more talented than that Michigan team. You know, pound for pound, say what you will, but that toughness ends up mattering. That small thing ends up mattering. And toughness is a result of coaching. It is nothing else. Your players can be um, as tough as they come. I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. pretty much did all he could. He had this incredible one-handed catch at the end of the drive, at the end of the half, first half, and just for it to be all for none, right? And it is... Wait, think about this really quick. C.J. Stroud, Marvin Harrison Jr., Mecca Ibuka, Jackson Smith and Jigba let's see, tons of draft picks are now going to leave Ohio State without a single pair of gold pants Unreal. for winning the rivalry game. You can talk to me about those recruits and how well they're playing on Sundays, but that can't happen. Not at Ohio State. Not winning a single pair. We're not being outrageous here. Like, Urban Meyer went 7-0. and Maybe that's not the standard, but 1-3 and sure isn't it. Yep. Maybe Jim Trestle's 11-1 and or whatever it was is not the standard, but 1-3... and Definitely not fucking it. Yep. Ask people in the 90s how they felt about the John Cooper years. It didn't feel good. So what the fuck are we doing here? Can't do it. All right. You added a couple yeah, fam or nahs, and I think that'll help us keep the discussion going here, our back and forth here. Yep. I'll let you introduce these. You were, you compiled these, so you should have the yep. honors here. If you don't know this is usually not off the cuff even our rants so for yeah. this to be an emergency pod is very different it's a very unique thing yeah. um as much as we go into it this includes when rosh is on when Sonny's on when yeah. jeff or any of your other friends are on it is yeah. a scripted hey this is what we're going to talk about so we're not spending yeah. 
17 hours and you're not spending 30 of that trying to edit it down. So again, it was something that we needed to do and get off our chest. So in the spirit of yeah, fam or nah, uh, I will read you a headline and I want you to react to it. The Wolverines are a more talented team than the Buckeyes. Nah. And now it's going to sound like I'm being a sore loser. You know, they were the better team. I'm not denying that. Talented? No. I would actually venture to say maybe the first one they won. So what would it be? Three years ago now? um, Where they dominated. They were the more talented team then. Um, But last year and this year, they were not more talented. I can't say that. I mean, more talented at quarterback. I think J.J. McCarthy is clearly better than McCord. But outside of that, I don't think I'm giving the edge to anybody. Maybe their defensive tackles, but outside of that, no. Nah. Yeah. There might be some position players at Michigan that in the past where, you know, the Aiden Hutchinsons, they they changed the game. They were game wreckers. But for the most part, except for quarterback maybe, you know, I think Ohio State wins it hands down. So, yeah. All right, we're going to keep it moving. It's almost this rapid fire um, that we've had. Okay. This will be Jim Harbaugh's last year at Michigan. And I'm I'm saying this year as in after the Big Ten Championship, playoff, and, and yeah. right right after that, yeah. right? It's assumed they'll be in the playoff. Right. They're playing Iowa in the Big Ten Championship, yeah. Um, I'm going to say yeah, fam. And I think they found their next coach in Sharon Moore. Based on these last couple games, um, yeah, NFL is going to come calling. Yep, nothing really to add. Um, I think it's it's something where he's tempted to get to the NFL last past few years. He has been, yeah. um, and he's itching at it. Um, I think he this kind of proves that you know as horrid as his tenure against Ohio State had started, that when his team was able to duck. 2020 yep. and that COVID year when there was that outbreak and they could have fielded a team and Michigan was pretty yeah. down. That would have probably been the last straw for Harbaugh um, because he couldn't yeah. beat his rival. And that's what we're talking about with Ryan day. Um, but I think this is something where he's done what he needs to accomplish. He's left the, the team, the program, he's brought it back from the yeah. Brady Hoke, the rich Rodriguez years, you know, yeah. and back to what Michigan football needs to be that smash mouth. Hey, we're going to grind you. We're going to hit you and we're going to out coach you um, because yeah. it's more important for us. All right. This next one, Brian day has coached his last game at Ohio state, and this would include the bowl game. Um, so just to preface this, usually if someone goes to another college football program Mm -hmm. they typically leave in december and that's more for the recruiting more for getting your coaching staff all of that on the same page so yeah fam or not brian day has coached his last game at ohio state um so i do want to talk about this a little bit um because i'd like to address some things about it. I am going to go now with this to answer your question and okay. get your take before I go on another little mini rant uh, addressing some people. Um, I'm going to say nah. I do think a couple factors play into this really quick. Um, number one, I think that Georgia game in the college football playoff bought him that right to get an extra cushion. And number two, uh, Ohio State's athletic director Gene Smith yep. is retiring and Ohio State, it, I think, is currently looking for a replacement. Um, and so that plays into the factor. I don't think a new athletic director is going to make a move that drastic um, as their first, you know, order of operation. So I'm going to go nah, but um, just a little preemptive little rant. Uh, if the answer, if the question was, should he be? Uh, I'm a yeah fam to this. All right. And I'm going to tell you why after I get your response. Yep. 100%. So, in some of the preparation, um, you know, I was helping you out, little bro, just to put some headlines in for you to react to it. And I think, you know, when you looked at kind of what the script that we're looking at, um, it's it's pretty, uh, 
broken <laughs> than most scripts because we got we ha- usually have like a few yeah. days to work on at the very least. Um, mm-hmm. But I still prepped two answers. So one was to make sure I'm not going in line with you, and in true mm-hmm. spirit to what I bring to this podcast, I think I'm going to Zach, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah. And I'm going to say yes. Um, I really don't believe it, but I'm going to say yes for the sake of this. I think Texas A&M is going to bring the full on back for him. It's really going to be hard for him to say no. A&M wants someone that's coached, someone that's coached at a high level, someone that's been able to recruit, someone that's been able to surround themselves with good coordinators. The Texas A&M, say what you will about them. They're in the SEC. It's a new ball game, right? The alternative, Zach, to my Zach, so I guess I'm zigging on to my zagging already, mm-hmm. is that he goes back to the NFL. Okay. Um, similar to what Harbo was doing. Hey, he might not be super prime for it yet, but it's something where if there's an NFL team, and we've seen it time and time again, that coaches end up retiring or it's a surprise fire on Black Monday um, after the NFL season ends, that if there is an NFL team that kind of keeps swinging and missing with things, why not bring back Ryan Day, um, who's had success in there? Say what you will about him as a head coach. He is a great offensive mind and a coordinator. He does not know how to manage the game. It is completely different. You guys talked about it last time, you and Roche, about Josh McDaniels. You know, he is not a great head coach. He is a great offensive coordinator, and that's okay. Um, so that's where I'm, I'm there. So Okay, so I want to pay off um, a little mini rant. I know we've already done that, but uh, this is in the spirit of this episode, so... I want to address the people, the Ryan Day defenders. Um, I am not one of them, clearly, as you number one podcast listeners have no doubt realized. I think I've seen a lot of people having this discussion, even amongst their loved ones, because, I mean, I've had a text exchange already with a friend who is pro-keeping Ryan Day. So, at the very least, Buckeye Nation is split over this. But I just, you know, this isn't you played yourself, but... It's a preemptive you played yourself to those folks. Here's my thing. What's the goal here? What's what's the goal as a head coach of Ohio State? If the goal is 11-1, and one, not beating your rival, and trying your best to sneak into a playoff but lose, yeah, Ryan Day is succeeding at that. <laughs> but that's not the fucking goal here. You know, if you looked at a job description of head coach of the Ohio State University football team, I would venture to say, not venture, I probably know this for certain. If there was a bullet point for a job listing, one of those bullet points for that synopsis of the job description is beating that team up north, your rival. Ryan Day is not fulfilling that. 100%. Ryan Day, as I said earlier, is not winning conference championships. That would be another bullet point in there. He is not winning overall national championships. That would be a bullet point. Though lofty, only one team can do that, so that's not outrageous. The other two are the expectation. I said it earlier. The standard is the standard. The standard cannot be that this is acceptable. We can't sit here and say, oh, we shouldn't make a move because be careful what you wish for. In what space is that a valid reason to not act? Inaction if you're not progressing, you're regressing. And inaction is just that. Yeah. We're sitting here saying, be careful what you wish for. But what's the wish? Like, this isn't the wish. Having one loss and losing to your rival every year isn't the wish. It shouldn't be the wish. Ask Penn State fans what they think about James Franklin. Why? Like it or not. Like it or not, okay? Jim Trestle and Urban Meyer reset the standard at Ohio State. That is the job description, beating your rival and playing for championships. You can talk all you want about Ohio State fans being spoiled, but that is the fucking standard we root for. And accepting less than that is not something that we should have to deal with. It's not something we should be okay with. 11-1 and and losing to the team up north is not the standard. It can't be. It shouldn't be. And Buckeye Nation, it's okay to want more. 
we don't have to be just okay with this because some folks are operating on be careful what you wish for. <clears throat> That's not a reason not to do anything. Now, again, I already said I don't think he's going to get fired, but this notion that he should it shouldn't even be discussed is asinine to me because you've gotten called out every single year for not being tough and your team's proven that and you've tried different iterations and you've produced the same fucking result. The definition of insanity is doing the same fucking thing and expecting a different result and Ryan Day has done that three years in a row. Okay, maybe the first year he did do something. He went and got a defensive coordinator. But for two years in a row, he did the same fucking thing, and it didn't work. He played conservative, didn't trust his guys, and got out-physicaled and ran down our throats. And he let it happen two fucking years in a row with Big Ten titles at stake. Last year, he lucked his way into the college football playoff. Not going to be so lucky. So, so. You folks defending Ryan Day, you're okay with some New Year's Six Bowl game where no one's going to play and Kyle McCord's going to audition for his job next year? That's what we want out of this? That's what you want out of this. That's okay with you. Because, oh, we're not sure who else we can get. Just because of that, this should be acceptable. And I'm supposed to accept this? I refuse to think that. It's not okay for Alabama. It's not okay for Georgia. It's not okay for the best programs. If we're the best program, it shouldn't be okay here. It should not be. You're making Lou Holtz seem right today? Give me a fucking break, man. You're letting them talk shit to you? They planted a flag on your field last year? There's no pride. There's no juice. Nobody's getting into scuffles. Nothing. Where's the pride in this fucking rivalry? There's no pride. Don't, don't tell me about it. Show me. You know, you say all you want about people getting emotional, getting ejected from games, but at least that shows me you cared. You might have channeled it wrong, but I don't see any of that fucking shit. None of it. There's no pride. And then us fans want to be okay with this because Ryan Day has some great win percentage because <laughs> he beats shit teams and loses to the good ones. This notion, like, we were so lucky that Ryan Day became our head coach is crazy revisionist history. Yep. The fact of the matter is, Ryan Day was a fired NFL coach that got brought in. He didn't make Ohio State. Ohio State made him, if we're yep. really talking about it. Now, I'm not... I'm not naive. I know he's a good coach. I know he's a great recruiter. He's been tremendous for quarterbacks. We've had some crazy great resumes. We've made college football playoffs. But at a certain point, making them and not winning, not making the conference championship can't be okay. We shouldn't be forced to move the goalposts and reset standards to worse. It's not what we should do at Ohio State. It should not be what we're forced to accept. So it's crazy to me that some of you would be operate under this fear like, be careful what you wish for, as if we're not Ohio <laughs> State and shouldn't be able to get a top candidate. Give me a break. Like, we didn't luck into Ryan Day. Ryan Day lucked into this job. Let's be very fucking clear about that. Let's be crystal fucking clear about that. Be careful what you wish for is not the standard we're going on. It's not. And you guys throwing out all these fucking examples of like Nebraska when they fired Bo Pelini, all that stuff. We're not Nebraska. We're not comparing apples to apples here. This is fucking Ohio State here. Do you want to talk about resetting standards? You know, like I don't I don't like this guy. But his fans have reset their standards. Dabo Swinney and Clemson have lost four games this year. We talked about it a little bit. He went on a rant against some fans. They're back in the top 25, but they still have four losses. His fans were calling for his job because he himself reset the standard. Clemson wasn't good before, but now they expect great. And I respect the hell out of that. It can't be okay just because this guy's done so much for your program. It can't be. Ask John Cooper about that. Yeah. Ask people from, if you're young, from your parents' generation about how it was in the 90s. Yeah, we had great teams, had one loss. How does it feel to lose to your rival? It doesn't feel fucking good. And it can't be okay just because you're making excuses for him. It can't. 
it cannot be okay with you. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, I think you've said it best in terms of be careful what you wish for. I mean, John Cooper, you know, he, he inherited a Ohio State program that was not super great in the 80s. Um, Pearl Bruce tried his best right after Woody Hayes, right? Yeah. Um, and so it was a it was going to be a rebuilding year, and John Cooper even had some really bad outcomes, but there were some really disappointing years. And yeah. us growing up in the '90s, you know, I'm only a few years older than you, but we're old enough to remember just how disappointing and how it was almost granted that John Cooper was not going to win the big one. And the same sort of thing is happening. And John Cooper still came back to Ohio State after a 6-6 six and six season to finish 8-4 and four the following season. That was his last season. So to put in perspective, that's what the standard was. When Trestle came in, he quickly flipped the script yeah it's that whole saying it was used in that the ohio states um kind of lead up to the game their video when jim trussell said there's x amount of games left until we play that team up north he knew what it was about so yeah. you know i say all of that and to show you just how live we are right now um you know i talked about a and m Mark Stoops, it just came through. It looks like he's going to be the next head coach for the Aggies. Wow. Um, so Mark Stoops, the current Kentucky head coach, and it looks like some yeah. some of the things are swirling right now. Um, but so, yeah, it's it's uh, me trying to— want a big rivalry game against Louisville, who's yep. going to be in the ACC championship. Yep, and Kentucky was, you know— it's a basketball school and a football program trying to do this best in the SEC. But, um, you know, Mark Stoops knows that it's the grass is very green on the other side um, <laughs> down in Texas uh, when you're a head coach for the Aggies. So, yeah, that's what it's for. Yeah. So, you know, I think you, you kind of covered a lot of um, things yeah. that um, we were going to hit on. But I just wanted to kind of go through. So I think we both – pretty much would agree that Ryan Day is coming back. If there is a head coach right now that the new Ohio State athletic director, we don't know who it's going to be, says, hey, I'm interested in the Buckeye job, who is your top choice for that? Like You're like, it doesn't matter who it is. And the other preface, the other thing that I'll add to this, a little wrinkle, is that if it was Urban Meyer who was getting ready to retire or say, hey, I got a few more years left, but after that I'm done, this coach would come in and you're like, we have to get him no matter what. Who is that? Mm -hmm. or who's that person out there? Um, I And I think you're probably going to agree with me because a lot of people love this name. I think it's Mike Rabel, 100%, yep. Titans coach. Uh, he's an Ohio State grad. He used to be a position coach here. Um, that would be the name for me, yep. honestly. Other than if Urban Meyer wanted to coach again, <laughs> True. Yep. as much as I doesn't seem like great human, not pleasant to be around when he's a coach, but he produces results. Yep, he does. And I think that's a key. Yeah. I think that'd be the name. Yeah. yeah, I think if we're saying that, if I said as a as my zag um, that day is gone, you know, if we can't get Vrabel, we can't get Urban. You know, I'm going after Luke Fickle. I know he just took the Wisconsin job. It's tough yeah. for Eddie George. They're head coaches right now. They have some of that experience. But more importantly, they're Buckeye football alums. Ryan Day has played yeah. football. Let's say that. It's hard to say otherwise, but it's different playing at a non-big school than it is playing for a big school. Just look at Jim Harbaugh, right? And yeah. so there is something to be said about those individuals. Mike Vrabel is going to be at the top of that list. I mean, you would almost have to throw the bag at him if you were smart in any ways. This is probably the best chance you have to go get Mike Vrabel. 
Um, and so I just don't know how shady it looks if you're trying to get Vrabel and Day's still there. You don't get Vrabel. What happens? Yeah. Um, I think that's the only time I would say be careful what you wish for because what we're wishing for is Mike Vrabel to be the head coach of the Ohio State Buckeyes because he can uphold that recruiting. He can bring that toughness and he understands what it takes to win at not just the collegiate level, but the NFL level as well. I mean, look at the Titans teams that he's taken um, to that side. So, yeah. And I would venture to say that uh, he's probably not ready yet, but Brian Hartline's the other name that would logically come up. He's the offense coordinator right now. Yeah. Probably not ready to be a coach, but he would, make the recruiting seamless and obviously fits the mold of being a, a former player and understanding, yep. you know, what it means to be a Buckeye. But yeah, I don't, obviously I think it's just tough for me to throw myself at Heartline without any of that experience. Yeah. Right. And I think that's the key. And same thing would have been said for Mike Vrabel until he became a head coach of the Titans. He was a great defensive coordinator and so on and so forth. And um, he worked his way up. Right. And I think that's, that's important. Even if you have to leave and then come back, I think it says something about the experience you're able to get and to see other things outside of what you've seen for that long tenure, right? That's what made Jim Trestle successful. That's what made Urban Meyer successful is they did it elsewhere, but they also understood what it took to win at that stage. So, All right, you number one podcast listeners, we didn't want to leave you without this section, uh, so it is time to hit you played yourself. I'm petty as hell. And I'm super petty. Here we petty. Petty Le Pew. Go. All right, Vish. I'll let you cover the first one for you played yourself. What you got? Uh, we've talked about Ryan Day. He's a great recruiter. Um, but I'm going to say that what he has done post Justin Fields and CJ Stroud is an atrocity in terms of the quarterback position. He did land Justin Fields with the help of Urban Meyer to bring that transfer from Georgia who knew hey I'm not going to get I'm not going to see the playing field at Georgia I have a chance to be the top gun at Ohio State great Stroud same thing ended up being a lightning in a bottle yes he started off slow but you could see just the progressions we're not going to talk about the Texans today but you can see exactly what type of processing Stroud has Again, Day had a lot to do with this, but it's worth noting that this was right around the time that Urban was handing off the program to Ryan Day. So you can say, yes, he was involved with it, but not necessarily recruiting at that high level. The next point I want to make is Quinn Ewers, who's with Texas playing in Austin, right? Well-known Texas high-star recruit. You have to go after him as any big program and the part of it that's super frustrating is that you knew who was behind Stroud all you had to do is placate and say this job is yours next year if you can beat out McCord and I guess Devin Brown and it is something where letting him go even if it was no intention for him to stay don't recruit him in the first place. You took up a spot that now you lost the transfer portal. So now you're trying to bring someone back in. What does that look like? It's super frustrating to have that sort of thing happen. He's had a lot of success at Texas. He had a lot of growing up to do at in Texas. We understand that. But again, just letting him go without a backup plan was a huge miscalculation. And third, this has been said a billion times. It was said on the broadcast today, but JJ McCarthy wanted to play for the Buckeyes. There's all this recruiting history that's out there that said JJ McCarthy was pretty much told to fuck off in the recruiting side and that Kyle McCord was going to be offered. And they're probably pretty close in talent-wise. J.J. McCarthy has a little extra 
oomph. But I think J.J. McCarthy has a little extra oomph because he got shafted by the Buckeyes, the team that he wanted to play for the most. And I think that those three things kind of lay out why I think Ryan Day, after C.J. Stroud was leaving, it was quite obvious he was not going to come back. (laughs) You had this whole chance to do it. Now it will be interesting to see. We think Ryan Day is coming back. We pretty much can guarantee it unless something crazy really happens. Does he go after Arch Manning? Because Queen Yours is, so. is pretty much going to be staying. Again, you throw the bag at him, NIL. You're going to be making the same amount of money that you'd be making as a collegiate athlete at UT Austin that you would be making at Ohio State in Columbus, especially for the starter. You're not going to be making that much money if you're the backup. So um, I just kind of wanted to make sure I threw that out there that, hey, there's a glimpse out there. We don't have a strong QB recording recruiting class coming in next year, um, knock on wood. And if we can get that transfer portal and lure Arch Manning away, Arch Manning might not be Peyton, might not be even Eli, but at least it's a Manning that has that tenure. So that's kind of where I'll stop in terms of Ryan Day. You played yourself, not just on the coaching side, but on the recruiting side here with the quarterback. Okay. Next up on You Played Yourself, Michigan versus everyone. Uh, I'm going to let you go real quick here, but uh, I want to add something here. This fucking victim card that Michigan and their fans are playing is absolutely insane. Silly. Like, they've been wronged for getting in trouble and their own coach accepting a suspension out of the blue. Wait. When they Jim, were so adamant about fighting in court, Jim Harbaugh didn't die. Yeah, you would have thought. Oh they my god! Fu- I, this whole time, been struck down. I've been sending out rest in peace. I even tried to send flowers and find the obituary for Unreal, Jim Harbaugh. Man. Oh shit! Just suspended. Fuck. Yeah. Weird. Matt. Magically, by the way, they decided to end the fight in the court system. They got dismissed with prejudice, I believe, so they can't even refile. And this was after they let their university president and athletic director release some wild public statements questioning the legitimacy of the investigation, like questioning that they didn't get due process. Wild. And then all of a sudden, hours before they were supposed to be heard in court, they accepted the punishment and the investigation was closed with a Big Ten. So... I mean, absolutely insane, this victim card they're playing. Like, everybody's against them. Like, yeah, God forbid everybody's against you breaking the rules. My God, who who wronged you so bad that you did that? And by the way, then you accepted your punishment, which is just short of basically saying, yeah, I'm guilty. So, anyway, it, it, you got it's. Now? I think adding on to that is... This is something that was not, oh, hey, say what you will about the beginning of the year, Harbaugh paying for whatever he did for recruits. Yes, it was against policy or whatever. Yeah, it's whatever. I mean, but even then it was like, free Harbaugh. I'm like, what's what's going on? Free him from fucking what? You accepted was, the punishment. And it was and in the beginning of the year, it was a self-imposed suspension by the university. It was nothing else. Like the NCA is like, "Hey, we're not we're going to suspend you, but just kidding, we're not cuz we can't prove that much." Free him from what? Your I, own impri- self-imprisonment. The part that I want to bring up is we talked a little bit about Urban. We've talked about other Buckeyes that have been um, that are in the media space. AJ Hawk is um, becoming a personality on the Pat McAfee show, you name it. But they tell it as it is. They're Buckeye fans, and I am certainly extremely biased. I fucking hate Michigan. I fucking hate Maize and Blue. I do not wear blue and yellow as any combination. You can 
ask my coworkers. You can ask Jackie. It's very rare for me to wear it. If it is a blue and yellow, it is like a very low blue or almost yeah. a bluish towards green with yellow. So I will say that the nonsense also has to go with these TV personalities. They can't see the unbiasedness, and it's so silly. Kirk Herbstreet, Urban Meyer, they're Buckeye alums. They are extremely biased. They have a degree <laughs> from the Ohio State University. So does Desmond Howard, I think, Charles Woodson, Rich Eisen, and even fucking Adam Schefter. They are just so oblivious to doing anything that goes against their alma mater. I get it. You need to root. We saw today, I don't know if you're looking at the Fox broadcast. I was kind of in and out of being able to do anything like pregame. I was watching Calf. Uh, Jackie was hanging out with friends this morning, so it was less like whatever. But as I was catching the tail end of it, during the middle of the broadcast, as Urban Meyer is getting ready to say who's going to pick, he's going to pick Ohio State. Again, Homer, it's fine, against the rivalry game. Charles Woodson gets up from the desk and is waving the Michigan flag. What the fuck? If you are going to be in the ceremony, excuse yourself like before the segment even starts. It's super silly. So this Michigan against everyone is so fucking silly because you have individuals in the media that just don't see otherwise. They only see their fucking gross-ass colors of maize and blue. And the part that's weird about those two colors is that Calvin's school colors are going to be this blue and yellow. Yeah. And here and, are going to be close to it. Here in this Akron area, we have the Akron Zips and the Kent State Golden Flashes who have that color. So it's going to be like fucking around me. I'm going to try to avoid it still as much as possible. Um, but I just wanted to say it is so fucking silly. Like you said, I can go on a larger rant about this. And at some point I will because the sign stealing thing is just stupid beyond imagine especially because of this victim card so okay um i got one you played yourself to uh you fucking folks uh, <laughs> you fucking fans that wanted michigan to be good how does this feel three years in a row for you you must feel great at this point right it was no fun dominating a rivalry right so you know urban meyer was seven no that wasn't fun for you guys because yeah i mean it's not a fun rivalry when you beat him up, right? Well, fucking newsflash for you. I was having a lot more fucking fun when Urban Meyer was 7-0 than I have the last three years. I truly, truly do not get the notion of wanting your rival to be good all year. Or good at all. They're your fucking rival. I want Michigan to lose every fucking game. I just... I find myself... In this anger and this reaction episode, really, really channeling it because you know you you get you get petty and you want to lash out petty at people alert. and it's petty like alert. all you people that root for your rival to be good, man, you guys must be having this little mini victory lap. I'm glad that your silver linings are going so well right now because hey, at least the rivalry is good again, right? It was. It wasn't fun enough to win. Now we got to deal with this. Yeah, this isn't fucking fun for me. I don't I don't get how it is for you, but I don't love this. You played yourself. There are teams out there that you just don't find yourself ever rooting for, right? And that goes with your rivals. I think there are certain sports where this matters a lot more. It's going to be a lot harder for people that don't have that sort of rivalry to really understand. But in college athletics whether it's football or basketball you have that true hatred it's i hate this color blue i hate i don't like that color blue or i love this color blue i don't like that we're talking about duke blue tar heel blue you name it and i think that's something that 
certainly is i i just don't get it either i am 100 percent with you all right you have anything else for us all right um i've had this idea i floated it to you um it's just a new segment we're gonna do really quick and i don't know what it's gonna be called but this is the sports equivalent of would you rather right we're gonna keep it as pg-13 as we can um and so the rules of this game are and i'm gonna let you go first um is that you have to say would you rather and you give scenario a or scenario b and the co-host has to choose one of them and say why and that's it and that's the segment. Okay. So it could be something super silly. We can get into the silliness later, but I just wanted to make sure we kept this true form okay. on the game. So you go first. You okay. spit me the would you rather. I say it, and then I'll spit one back to you that's completely different. Okay. So keeping with the theme here, I'm going to ask you, okay. would you rather beat Michigan but not be guaranteed college football playoff spot or you lose to Michigan, but you're guaranteed a spot in the college football playoff. This is a tough one. What a great one. Um, I will say beat Michigan and not be guaranteed a spot in the college football playoff. And I think that would be very rare, um, especially as the playoff field is going to expand. But I think Mm -hmm. beating Michigan because this almost says that even if Ohio State's in a down year, let's take the Luke Fickle six for six year, beating Michigan that year would have been a game changer for like Michigan and like just being shit on, right? And yeah. we almost pulled it off. But I think beating yeah. Michigan no matter what, because if even if those be careful what you wish for people get their way <laughs> i don't know how that works if you're a buckeye fan and you say be careful what you wish for but that's what i say is that at the end of the year whether it's a playoff spot or not beating your rival is the most important thing especially at ohio state beating that school up north is the most important thing as a guy all right ready yeah i'm ready okay would you rather as your head coach have john cooper or ryan day oh that's brutal um okay in the interest of not being prisoner of the moment um and being over the top i told you i'm not naive so i would take ryan day over john cooper because he's given us a taste of his abilities but either way both these candidates are maddening so like at least i'll go with the one that's like put together a staff that recruits well and we have representation on Sundays um, and we're in that conversation. So I think I go with Ryan day. Um, now granted I only started understanding football in the late part of the nineties. So John Cooper is pretty much on his way out. Um, yeah. Most of my first memories are in the Trestle era, but I, I do have knowledge of what it was like then um, and how maddening it was for them. So I'll go with Ryan Day, but reluctantly. That's the whole point of the game. But Yep. All right. Here's another one. The coaching. Ready? Yeah. Bonus one. Would you rather have Jim Trestle or Urban Meyer? Oh, that's tough. I love both, but I'm going to Urban Meyer because of how aggressive he was in play calling and all that. Um, Jim Trestle got results, but it was uh, very conservative. So I definitely prefer the Urban Meyer era. Both got his championship, so I'll go Urban. So I guess the one thing I wanted to ask you is, so John Cooper and Jim Trestle both had Heisman winners on their team. Yeah, true. That's it. That's why the Woods Rathers are so tough. We'll get we'll get more fun with them. There's there's some good ones that I I threw at you. I yeah, know, I love this idea. I love the sports one because it mimics how people talk sports um okay so you number one podcast listeners this was an emergency edition so our typical who you got what you feel in um we're gonna save those for a traditional episode yep. this truly was a reaction episode same with too much sense 
Uh, we'll bring that back next episode. This was meant to be part cathartic to for my big bro and I, and hopefully cathartic for you, um, Buckeye fans or any of you other fans dealing with a rivalry loss, a tough rivalry loss. Um, looking at you, Auburn fans. Oh my God, how uh, brutal! Perhaps, perhaps Louisville fans. Um, so other side of rivalries, tough, but you know it's still go Bucks forever. Yep. Hopefully this was microphone therapy and therapy for your number one podcast listening headphones for you. As always, you number one podcast listeners, we appreciate you. Big bro, thanks for joining me. Thanks for the idea and putting this together mostly. Um, And go Hawkeyes, you know? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Don't ever want Michigan to win. So, um, yeah, we can sound that alert for that one for sure. Um, You know the drill, you number one podcast listeners. Like, subscribe. Let us know if you like this reactionary episode. Uh, We'll try to do more of these. It's a great idea, I thought. So kudos to... uh, my co-host here for yeah. initiating that. Appreciate you all. 100%. My pain is hopefully your listening pleasure. This has been a special edition of the number one podcast in your headphones, Prem Brulee. I've been your host, Premal Bot. It's been my co-host, Vishbot. Appreciate you. Love you, bro. And we'll talk to you next time. Love you, man. You think football is still fun? Zero fun, sir.